0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, August 16th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today and focusing in on a couple of players, starting pitcher Brady Singer and first baseman D.H. Vinny Pasquantino. Singer's coming off one of the best outings of his career, blanking the scorching Dodgers for six innings on Sunday, and Pasquantino is coming off the best week of his young career. Entering tonight's game, he's homered in five of his last seven games and was named AL Player of the Week. Both are part of the youth movement that are keeping Royals fans interested in a season that is going nowhere. The show, with beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Sam McDowell, started as a Sports Beat Live. Let's get started. Hey, good morning from rainy Kansas City, and welcome to Sports Beat Live. This is the show where we talk royals with the folks in the media who know them best and with you. Send us your questions and comments and talk royals with us on a show that is presented by the University of Kansas Health System. You'll learn or hear from them later in the show. So today we've got Lynn Worthy coming to us from the Twin Cities, where the royals Opened a three-game series last night. Sam McDowell is here. I believe Vahed Gregorian is going to join us here in a few minutes, and when he does, we'll have the bases loaded. So, uh, Lynn, I-, I hoped that the Royals could pick up a little bit of momentum from Sunday, carried into Monday in, in the uh, series opener against the Twins. But when you get uh, runners at second and third and nobody out and don't score, it's not a good sign for a team, which is which is what happened to the Royals last night. So did not did, you know did not carry um, uh, Sunday's feel good victory over the Dodgers into Monday, but it's just the first of a three game set. And as I recall, last week, they lost the opener to Chicago White Sox and came back and won two. So uh, let's go back to Sunday, though, and uh, in in the performance of Brady Singer and why, that may have been his uh, – do you agree with me that they could have been his best performance as in a Royals
1: uniform? Um, well, it's 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 one of them. I don't know if it's the best or not just because uh, – I mean, I think he had, you know, a no-hitter that he took into the eighth inning one night, so um, – but that was very different. That was against a different club. That was also, um, you know, I don't think we had fans in the parks at those points, but um, – so I mean that was uh, like I say a very different setting than playing against the best team in baseball. It's your in your home ballpark, trying to stop a uh, losing slide, um, trying to stop their winning streak, and just being really dominant. So um, it's it's one of his best performances, and um, considering like I say the you know the background of um, just that outing. Um, It was definitely a a moment for folks who are looking at, you know, sort of an arc of his career that probably people might point back to at some point.
0: Yeah. One hit against the against the Dodgers in in six innings and the bullpen closed it out for the four nothing victory. Before we go any further, I do want to say good morning to Vahe, who has joined us and drumroll, please. A mic check from Vahe. What do you think? Morning, Vahe. We'll we'll continue to work on um, on on Vahe's mic, and uh, but Sam Brady Brady Singer. I don't I I don't think you're at maybe you were. I I don't remember if you were at the ballpark on Sunday for um, uh, for that performance, but he's gone to. You know, he's, he seems to have gone to a different level here, not just with Sunday's performance, but with some in the last few, even from a, a level different from uh, the starting rotation. He seems to begin to separate himself.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the talk for a long time, um, and appropriately so, was just his willingness to throw the change up. Uh, but he's graduated beyond that now. And the command of his fastball, I think, is one of the the primary things that's, prompted the success we've seen particularly over the last five six starts um you know i I think he's more willing to throw over meatier parts of the plate when he has to um less about you know and I, i think this actually applies to a larger group of the royal starters but less about like nitpicking at specific corners of the zone um so you know, when we look at his walk numbers, I think he's only walking about one guy every four innings now. And so he's significantly improved in that that area as well. He's not given out a ton of free passes. And the question now is, what what is Brady Singer for the future? I mean, you go back, and this is a guy that did not crack the rotation to open the year. And now I think when you piece together 2023 rotation, which is what a lot of us are doing now, um, you know, I think he slots in as as, as like a two-starter potentially. And that's not – anywhere in the neighborhood of where I had him at the start of the season.
0: And Heck, I've got him. I've got him as the opening day starter. Go ahead, Lynn.
2: Yeah, I was going to say in the um well, the, just to clarify, I mean A2 a in a, base. A2. Got you. Know, A2. Gotcha. Okay. I th- I do think he's the Royals' one, but but A2. I hear you.
1: Um going back to what Sam was talking about with the fastball, I mean, I think um it's easy to forget, but when he went down the minors after having been in the bullpen and not making the rotation out of camp one of the things he was working on before he went down and one of the reasons he went down to continue working on was that fastball and the grip that he had and it was something that you know and we've talked about him a bunch this season but cal eldridge was one of the people who pointed out you know with the way he was holding the fastball the grip that he had uh, trying to get him back to more the the fastball and the run that he had when he was in college um and that was one of the things that they had him working on when he went down to the minors and he's talked about it multiple times since coming back that he feels like he's getting more of that life and more of the run that he used to have on that fastball and that change of the hand placement or grip however you want to word it was one of the things that they identified early in the season he's continued to work with that and he's seen the results with that
0: we're going to hear from brady singer in just a moment but uh hey Vahe, are you there No, nope. okay. Thought maybe we had a ghost runner, but uh, not uh, not right now. All right, let's let's hear from Brady Singer. This was uh, Lynn asking several questions to to Singer after Sunday's game, in which the Royals won four to nothing, and Singer threw six shutout innings, one hit ball. Here's Brady Singer.
3: How
1: would you describe that one?
3: Um, it was good. I think I sat on the attack all day. I think all three pitches were working well. Uh, fastball high, good life. Uh, I think the changeups that I threw uh, really helped me throughout the whole entire time
1: did you feel like you came into this one I mean obviously you're ready to go every time but I mean like just the way they had been going recently the, you know, the type of day they had yesterday did you look at that as even more motivation or just like you know bigger challenge or how, how did you approach it
3: um, no I mean not totally I just went in there kind of with the same mindset um, I just wanted to go right at them. I wanted to kind of you know bring my best stuff against theirs and uh, kind of see what happens. it worked out. Yeah, it feels good. I think it's a mentality. Um, just going, you know, like I said, attacking guys. Um, not trying to walk around, you know, trying to pick around too much. Just go right at them, and uh, it's been working out for me. Maybe a weird question, but is this kind of how you felt in college, just in terms of, like, attacking? And- mm-hmm. kind of- yeah, I mean, it, I... It's not a dumb because that's how I feel. I mean, that's kind of, um, you know, kind of look back and what I was doing, and um, just like I said, just going my best stuff on theirs. And um, it's been working out for me.
1: You feel like that's something that you a, a little while to get back to or I mean yeah
3: for sure I mean facing big league hitters and big league teams and um, all that stuff yeah I definitely got away from it um, I feel like I'm back to you know what it was
1: So was there something particular was the key to getting back to that do you feel like
3: um, I think just the confidence um, kind of the mindset of just you know making that switch and uh, you know I saw some success with it I've been running with it Considering how much. The- Doctors, in on a roll. How much pride have you have taken. You know, the guy to Shut those fans down. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I think the whole team. I mean, was, from the first pitch, the whole team was over. Uh, definitely wanted to, definitely wanted to win that one. Um, so it was good. You know, the whole entire um, by everybody. I mean, it was a whole team. Uh, so that's really cool. Yeah, I know if I didn't get Muncie out, it's probably coming out of the game. So I figured I better, get, I better not walk him again for the, you know, the third time. So just go right at him. And, uh, it was, stay in the strike zone. I don't want to, you know, get it away from me and put more pressure on myself.
1: What do the reactions of some hitters tell you about what your stuff's doing? I think a few of them
3: are shaking their head and they yeah. didn't really know what was coming at them. So. Yeah, I think that's, you know, kind of like I said with the attack stuff. I mean, I think putting them on their heels kind of um, just on a lot of strikes is making them uncomfortable. Uh-huh. What do you think of kit? It was unbelievable. I mean, it was, I expect nothing less. I mean, the guy's unbelievable on the outfield. Uh, just for him to be trying that hard and coming to get that ball up, I think that set the tone for the whole time. You,
1: you mentioned that Muncie at that. Oh, I think Cal came out right before that. Was that basically just giving you a break or was there a, a reminder of anything? Or? Yeah, it was just giving me a break. He said, let's you know slow it down and uh, go right after this guy.
0: Okay, a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, I know we've mentioned it on previous shows. We don't say it enough, but, um, that's just kind of above and beyond camera work by Lynn to, to take the video and, you know, he's taking notes, he's reporting the story. So I was at the Royals on Friday night and we talked to Daniel Lynch, who pitched well, you know, five scoreless innings against the Dodgers. And we're talking to him after the game and I'm fumbling around with the, with the phone, trying to be, turn it into a camera, trying to pay attention to what he's saying. And uh, Lynn, uh, uh Obviously, has mastered the art of taking post game videos. So it's fortunate that you do that, and we have that. Another thing I wanted to mention was Nate Eaton's catch. That was that diving catch, as I recall, right, Lynn? He was kind of belly flopped and uh, coming in, and um, and Eaton is. I think I have this right. Was he one of seven in the starting lineup in the in the Twins opener? Um, seven rookies, I mean, in the in the starting lineup. So. What does that say? That's, that's that's two or three times that's happened already this season, and they're starting seven rookies. I think in the Royals notes, uh, Redwood, that that has not happened since 1991, and when it did, it was the final game of the season, so they had all the call-ups there, and the only name of note who had, who ended up having any kind of good years with the Royals, I believe this is right, was Terry Schumpert, the second baseman, and it, was, it wasn't an all-star type of career, but again – we mentioned it last week. This is different with with these rookies on, um, you know, in in the starting, you know, as starters, position players, and in on the mound. Sam, it's it's just it, it's a different sense, and that's why the headline for our, our little chat today was even though the Royals aren't going anywhere, the the team is interesting, and it's interesting because of these rookies.
2: We all had kind of been clamoring for the Royals to to play younger for you know months earlier, but. Uh, you know, in the end, I think that the timeline doesn't really, I mean, I hate to say this, but it doesn't really matter all that much because it, it matters what the Royals are going to be here moving forward. And I think it's the first time, you know, probably the last month has been the first time all season where you, you clearly could say the Royals are moving in the right direction. And so the, the, the which is literally the benefit or, or the question that you're asking about any organization is just, are you moving in the right direction? I think just with the young guys that they've had, it's very clear that, you know, there's, there's a lineup in particularly moving forward that I think you've got to be pretty excited about their future.
0: We think Lynn it, uh, uh you cover this team day in, day out. Um, uh, we referred to it before, but there is just a different sense about this team, different energy um, different spirit uh, about them.
1: Definitely um, I think I, I still come back to and I know I've mentioned it before is for all of the you know the excitement and the good vibes and and obviously seeing the young guys play, which people are obviously interested in um, I think it's still it still matters that they're playing well. I think if they have a bunch of young guys out there and you know and and they're dropping three out of four I mean like and obviously like the Dodgers best team in baseball but if you got a bunch of young guys and you're you're playing pretty well but you lose two out of three every three games, then I think some of this excitement wanes when you talk about well yeah, they got the young guys going and you see and you know you're pointing out bright spots because I feel like we've we've seen, Moments like that before, maybe not with as many guys, but moments where you've got a lot of young guys, or whether it's the young pitchers, and you're sort of trying to pick out little spots to say, okay, this was encouraging, but they're losing games. That gets old fast for some people. The fact that they've got these young guys, they've got so many rookies. Um, I think in that seven, you know, like some people might forget too that uh, Kyle Isbell it still has rookie status um, coming into this season and going through this season. So that's where the seventh guy is if people are um, off on the math. Um, but I think having so many of these young guys and playing winning baseball down the stretch is, is the big, is the other big part of that component. It's not just having a bunch of young guys and getting, you know, your heads beat in, it's having young guys playing well seeing some of this pitching come along, seeing some hitters that you say, okay, these guys might be guys going forward. I think that's, that's part of it.
0: Okay, let's, uh, let's take a break here. Talk uh, We'll hear from the University of Kansas Health System. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another one of these rookies, uh, and that is Vinny Pasquantino. And I also want to find out what the Royals might be thinking at third base going forward. So here is the University of Kansas Health System.
3: March 4th, 2015, I got out of the shower and felt a lump in my left breast. We were able to quickly uncover that she had two subtypes of breast cancer, each of them requiring separate and unique treatment plans. This is why you come to the University of Kansas Cancer Center. It is critical to be treated by a team of experts in that specific cancer type. If you don't start with us, I think you'll have more questions than answers.
1: Why would you go anywhere else?
0: Go to kansascity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Back on Sports Beat Live, talking Royals with Lynn and Sam McDowell. Sam, are you old enough to have remembered Bob Hamlin?
2: The Hammer? Absolutely, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Lynn certainly wasn't here. Uh, in this, we're talking like mid-90s. I think he was the AL Rookie of the Year in 94 and became something of a, a folk hero in town for that rookie season where he had 24 home runs. He was a large dude, um, swung from the left side, I believe. I think he was a left-handed power hitter and, and just kind of captured the imagination of Royals fans with uh, rookie coming up and he was the you know, just the next – Royal slugger never panned out for him after his rookie year, but I've thought about him these last few weeks watching Vinny Pasquantino and what what he's doing at the plate, especially the first that at bat in the first inning last night where he just crushed uh, uh, Ryan's pitch deep. I didn't see what the measurement was, but um, it just seems like he's hitting it farther and farther with every swing. So, Ao rookie of the week. And first one of those for a Royals rookie since
1: a- AL Player of the Week. Player. Player, player
0: of the Week. I'm sorry. Thank you. Player of the Week. But the first one for a Royals rookie, 08. Lynn? Is that, was that? Yeah. It? Yeah. Michael, Michael Velas.
1: Michael 08. <laughs>
0: yeah. One of, the, one of the, well, uh, you got to go back, you got to go back a ways. But anyway, Vinny has, uh, he's putting a charge into this lineup, Lynn, isn't he? He is, uh, um, the, the 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 I can remember that stretch back in spring or, or early summer when we'd watch. You know, we on, on social media you'd see some of Tino's home runs and you would hit him in a flurry, right? And you'd think, oh my God, what a you know this this guy's just crushing the ball. Well, he's doing it now in a major league uniform. This this stretch that he's on now.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, and I'm I'm looking at him. I pulled him up right now. Just this is just the past seven games. So he's 11 for 25. So he's hitting 440. Five home runs, eight RBIs, seven runs scored, and the OPS is like 1.58. And that's in the last, just the last seven games for Vinny Pascantino. Um, And it's just funny to think about. I mean, I know Sam wrote about it, I wrote about it. It was what two months ago that, you know, everybody was, you know, screaming and yelling and, you know, ready to break out the pitchforks. Like, why isn't Vinny in, in, in the major leagues? And now, he's here and, you know, and now after a slow start, uh, of course, after a slow start, but now he's, he's doing this. And I I mentioned the slow start just because, you know, Vinny, the times we've talked to him, we've talked to him, seems like a lot recently. um, He's always one to sort of shy away from a little bit of talking about his individual stuff or also try to uh, at least temper it with, well, yeah, maybe I'm doing well right now, but, you know, uh, and yesterday when talking about his AL player of the week, um, he mentioned, but well, yeah, I'm not gonna get too high about that. Just like I didn't get too low about hitting 150 for the first, you know, week or whatever. So um, that's the reason that I mentioned it. But yeah, he's he's on a tear
2: right now. There's a couple interesting things about him. I mean, one, um, I think when he came up, you know, it was inside the Royals organization that you heard people say that he struggled with the high fastball in the minor leagues, and that was one of the reasons for his delayed arrival in Kansas City. He's crushing fastballs. Um, he's also crushing sliders and cutters. So anything that comes in on him, he's hitting really well. In fact, there's not really a pitch that major leaguers have figured out so far that's just like really giving him trouble. You know, I think when you saw Bobby Witt come up, um, you know, start start the season in April, he's really struggling with low and outside sliders. So he's, he's still seeing a lot of low and outside sliders. There's not a pitch that we've seen hit pitchers so far just repeat to Vinny Pascantino to rethink. He's got to adjust the X pitch in order to survive at this league. And I, I think maybe we'll see that over the last couple months of the season, but that's also one of the reasons why you wanted him here you know, pre-All-Star break, is to see how pitchers can adjust to him so that he can make those adjustments back in the off season.
0: Hey, Lynn, two questions. You know, he had an at-bat last night in which he looked like he twinged something um, in his chest. Uh, I wonder if did Matheny say anything about that after the game? And the other question is, what? how did the Royals handle first base between he and Nick Prado going forward?
1: Well, they, the the thought was that he had a little bit of a stinger, um, and they went out just to check on him to make sure that he wasn't going to be up there compromised for the rest of the at bat, and they were satisfied that it was just, you know, one of those moments where he had just fouled off a ball, and I think it was just one of those where, you know, sort of in the shoulder had a little bit of a twinge for a minute. Um, all signs were that it was, you know, just gone after that. I mean, we'll obviously today, you know, if, assuming if he's in the lineup, if he's not in the lineup, be worth checking in on. But, um, and then first base, um, you know, we wrote about last night, I think posted last night and is definitely up on, uh, Kansas city.com today. Um, but just the, the fact that you had Nick Prado and, you know, Vinny Pasquantino who had never actually played at the same level together, but this year at triple a, we're in the same spot are now breaking into the major leagues at the same spot. And they've sort of, you know, made it work because Prado's played some outfield Pasquantino's played some DH and he's also, you know, making strides at first base. Um, And it's just been one of those, if you can get the bats in the lineup and get guys at bats, then, you know, everybody's good with it. Um, While they're able to still get everybody at bats, it doesn't really matter. Like Nick Prado's, you know, insists that he likes playing the outfield. That he played a lot of it in high school. I mean, he's, you know, minor league gold glove winner, and everybody who's seen him says that he's he's a gold glove caliber first baseman in the major leagues when he plays every day. Um, but for right now, you know, he's a guy who just wants to play in the big leagues and who's happy playing the outfield. You know, same, similar to what we've heard from MJ Melendez where, you know, um, Salvador Perez is going to be your everyday catcher. So, J. Melinda is happy to go out to the outfield and whatever. gets his bat in the lineup, and and he's been a pretty good bat for them, especially lately. So, um, that's going to be one of those things that's interesting with all these rookies and all that. The interest and the excitement about these young guys is how they continue to sort through playing time, positioning, um, you know, getting people's bats in the lineup, and maybe some guys having to be happy with you know, being bats off the bench at certain times or playing different roles at certain times. Before we leave um,
0: you know, maybe this hot week or the hot week that he just had will lead to a continued hot month of August, and he'll be in line for AL Player of the Month. Anybody know the last time the Royals had an AL Player of the Month? I'm judging by your silence that you do not, not that you would.
1: I mean – I'm trying to remember what it was. Well, no, I don't think he won. I was going to say, I think Benny was up for it at one point, but I don't know that he won it last year. Um, So maybe it goes back a ways. Pre-Linworthy
0: at the star, pre-Sam McDowell at the star. Uh, The last Royals player of the month was in 2009, Billy Butler. uh, Got on a tear at the end of the season. I remember that that may have been the year he had 50-plus doubles and – you know, close to 80 extra base hits. It was, a, I remember the tear that he was on, but 2009, the Royals' last AL player of the month. And I don't, you know, the Yankees have had 10 since then. Yeah, I looked it up. The Yankees have had 10 AL players of the month since uh, the last time the Royals won it. And uh, I've, I believe since 2009, both teams have the same number of World Series flags. And, um, and I believe the Royals have one more American League Championship in that time. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, apparently, the Royals in 14 and 15 not good enough to have an AL Player of the Month. But I digress. All right, Lynn, what uh, wh- what's going to happen at third base going forward? I, I, so far, and it maybe it'll end up this way that Emmanuel Rivera will have played more games at third base than than um, any Royal this year. I think he's close to 60. Um, and lately, it's been uh, with Bobby Witt and Hunter Dozier. What, what, what is the what's the plan for for this position going forward? Maybe this year and into next.
1: I think this year it's going to be a rotating. Um, it's going to be a revolving door a little bit, just because you have many guys, so many guys in the infield that you're going to almost be. That's going to be the overflow spot. You know, like that's going to be the um, you know when you when you don't have room for somebody at second base and shortstop, they're going to be at third base a little bit um that means you know we've seen nikki play there a lot we've seen bobby they've gotten him some more time there to almost give him a little bit of a rest from playing so much shortstop and because he's playing more regularly than he's had than he's played ever in his career we, you know reminding everybody that this his last year was his only full season in the minors and they had that schedule where you had a day off a week uh, you know every week which that's that's not the case here in the majors anymore um, and, uh, you know, so Bobby will get some 3rd nikki Nicky's got some third. I think Massey, I, I, think, I don't think we've seen him there, except for that one time in Toronto going off the top of my head. But um, he could possibly, and obviously you mentioned Hunter Dozier. Um, so I think it's going to be a revolving door again, as we've mentioned with some of those other spots, trying to get guys bats in the lineup. Um, I think the rest of the season, I wouldn't be surprised to see that keep uh, changing depending on the day and the matchup and the opponent. Sam, do you want to mention the player that could change
0: the equation for the Royals next year? The player who we're reluctant to talk about. The player who shows so much promise for the Royals, but never seems to be able to get on the field.
2: I'll let I'll hey. let you you I'll let you name drop it, Blair. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, well, I'll name drop it, but I want you to weigh in on um, Alberto Mondesi for next season and what that might do for the Royals. Um, infield and just how, you know, these last, what, five, six weeks of the season, maybe a little bit longer than that. I I keep thinking about next year and what this team's going to look like on opening day. Um, and I, I just don't what I don't know what to do without Alberto Mondesi.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's an interesting case because there's, there's a, a lot of people probably upset about how the first five years have gone with Mondesi but all you can do now is go with what you have now. And so I, I think if Mondasee wants to play and he's motivated to, to try and get back and um, be here for opening day, then I think he's got to play. Um, but I do think, you know, like this year, you've got to have a plan B ready to go because you can't count on him to be playing every day. You know, this year they were able to slide Bobby Wood over to short. They were able to put Nicky at second or at third base. When Mondesi got hurt, it was like Plan B was ready to enact immediately. You've got to have a plan like that if Mondesi's going to play. Um, but when I say play, I don't think he's going to be an everyday player. I think we've seen a new energy with this group, and I also think it's relevant that this group's come up together, but once. So, um, but I just I don't think that you know you can just toss him aside because the talent is just really hard to ignore with him, even if he hasn't put it all together yet.
0: I know. I, I agree. I, I totally agree. He, he is he is a very talented player. Um, Lynn, could could is Bobby Witt the answer at third base?
1: Um,
0: I know he's an option, but is he an answer?
1: Um, I guess I would say that he's. I would stick with he's an option, and the answers are yet to come because we don't know what the rest of. I mean, I'm as as we talk about these, you know um, how mondi fits in i mean um we've talked about michael massey and what we've seen from him just you know these last few weeks um he was a guy who was a a minor league gold glove winner at second base but you got nikki lopez who you know could have won a gold glove at second base a couple years ago who was in the running Probably should have been a finalist at least for a gold glove at shortstop last year um and you've got bobby and you know whether there's you know Dozier at third or, or whoever else you know it, it's um, there are options. I don't think there's answers yet. I don't think we'll have answers um, until maybe maybe into next season once you start seeing how things play out. I think it's just going to be a bunch of options and then the answers will unfold. Well,
0: we always try to give you answers and opinions um, and news here on uh, Sports Beat Live, and uh, we have. Come to the close of another show. So appreciate Glenn Worthy and Sam McDowell for showing up today. And tip of the cap to Vahe Gorian for, for giving it a shot. And maybe we'll. <laughs> Don't tell him you did that, Sam. Did that. <laughs> All right. Hey, money Davis, thanks a lot. Thank you to the University of Kansas Health System. And we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our sports Beat KC staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Lynn and Sam McDowell for sharing their Royals insights. Check out today's morning sports edition, 26 pages crammed full of sports features and opinions. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another sports Beat KC.